live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth. We help you do work that you love and create actual, amazing relationships. I'm your host today, Jade Warshaw, and I am joined by possibly my favorite the incomparable George Campbell. Wow, you hear that, Dr. John Deloney? Ken Coleman, are you listening? <laughs> Somewhere Ken Coleman is seething. I'm just kidding. But we're here to take your calls about your life, your money. Give us a call, man. The number is 888-825-5225. And let's go straight to the phone lines. We got Amber in Chattanooga, Tennessee. What's going on, Amber? Um, So I'm starting to try to do the baby steps. Mm-hmm. And I am having trouble getting started with the first one. Um, every time I have money put up, something comes up to where I have to use that money because I don't have a choice. So the first baby step for those of you listening is baby step one, getting $1,000 saved. And so, Amber, you're having a hard time with that because you keep falling back and spending Correct. it. Am I right? And Correct. Are you using a budget right now? I am. I write down everything that I owe for each paycheck. Um, I go, you know, like if something's done from the first of the month to, say, the 19th, because I get paid every two weeks, I write what is owed in between those days. That way, not everything's coming out of one check. Uh-huh. Um, but it seems like, you know, I try to calculate, you know, my tithings and stuff for church, plus I want to put money back. It's like I can't get either one of those started. Right. So when you are having to go into your emergency fund, what are the type mm-hmm. of purchases that are causing you to do that? Are they unexpected charges or is it just month to month stuff that you're like, man, I forgot to budget for that. And now here we are. Um, so I was actually starting to get ahead this last month. Um, I had almost $500 put up and my dog ended up start having seizures. So I had to go take him to the vet which was very, very unexpected. And, of course, I had already paid all my bills for that week, and that was the only money I had left to be able to take him to the vet to have him checked out. Hmm. So can I ask you, like, what's your income been? Like, what? Are, how much money are you bringing in? Um, so I've been working overtime at work, so my past two paychecks have been over 1900 every two weeks. Okay. So you're making almost $4,000 a month. You know... Correct. Here's the thing for folks listening, when it comes to emergencies, the way that we think through whether something is an emergency where you would dip into that money is it's got to be totally unexpected. It's got to be something that's totally necessary and it's got to be urgent. Right, George? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the dog was one example. Is there another example that you can give? Because I don't want to come at you hard, Amber, uh, with the dog stuff just yet. So I want to know, is there another example? Well, um, so... Uh, the house we're living in, we just moved in this past July. We're trying to buy this house, so we're leasing to own this house. Who's we? And we, uh, me and my husband and my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law lives with us, okay. um, so is, she helps as far as the house. Expense. Where is his income going? Uh, towards the house. So y'all split bills? Um, we do split bills, but he's on disability, so he doesn't get much a month. So his whole check goes towards the house. Uh, we agreed to do that. That way we could put that up for the whole month. And then I take care of the rest of the bills. I, I think that this is, this sounds to me like a budgeting issue. 
I think that you guys need to combine your money together. So if he's making, you're making 4,000 a month. What if his is, mm-hmm. how much is his? His is a little over 1300 a month. Okay. So combine that income and do a budget together. That's, I know okay. that you're saying that, Hey, all his money goes towards it, but having it all in one place on purpose. And then, you know, you're just going to have to draw some lines in the sand and say, all right, we got to get this money saved. Most people are able to get a thousand dollars saved in 30 days. And so for yeah. you, you might have to go all out to get this money put aside because if you're just kind of like going little by little, yeah, little ankle, ankle biter stuff can pop up. But if you're like, I'm going to sell stuff, I'm, I'm going to pick up an extra job. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this thousand dollars saved so that the big bad wolf is no longer you know breathing at the door you're gonna have to do that and then you're gonna have to make sure that this budget is airtight it sounds like your budget is not as detailed as it needs to be i think there's some money leaks happening yeah and there needs to be a line item for fido you know what i'm saying you gotta make sure rover has got some money that you're putting aside a little bit every month in like a little sinking fund so that when those vet bills pop up because because they will you've got some money to pull from at least that's what i would do george yeah what are you using right now to budget amber um so i've just been using a notebook that i write everything down i wrote everything down that i owe every month uh how much i pay each month plus i also wrote down how much i owe as far as that debt goes good Um, i'll do you one better and here's what I want y'all okay. to do as a couple. This is not an Amber thing, and then he does his thing and covers his bill. Sit down together. I'm going to gift you one year of every dollar premium. Inside of every dollar premium, you're going to list out your income, your expenses, your debt, just like that notebook. But there's another feature on there called paycheck planning. And this will allow mm-hmm. you to see where the bills fall, when the money's going to come out, because right now it feels overwhelming because you're trying to keep track of that. Let the robots do the work for you so you can focus on getting uh, getting out of this situation. That means we're selling stuff because right now I'm seeing a whole bunch of margin. Even after the mortgage is paid, you got 3,800 bucks left over mm. and it's disappearing into the abyss because right. of these little ankle biters and probably some lifestyle spending. Are y'all eating out? Uh, no, I try to make everything at home. Good. Are you guys investing at all? Uh, no. Okay, good. Are you getting a tax refund? Uh, we did get that tax refund, and I paid off one of our loans that we was paying on, um, and that pretty much took all our tax refund. But remember, baby steps, 1000 bucks goes first. So we did right. we have that with part of the refund? Uh, we did. Okay. So I think once you have that thousand bucks as your foundation, our goal is to never touch that. If there's another emergency, okay. let's see if we can cash flow it with future expense, with future income, with selling stuff. You're working overtime. Can he pitch in at all? Is he on board with um, this plan, or is it just Amber right now? Pretty much, it's just me right now. Mm. I think that's part of the problem. I do too. And right. it's going to cause resentment down the road when you're busting your butt. And he's like, I don't know what you're working so hard for. Let's go out to eat tonight. You're like, I'm trying to do this budget thing, man. I'm trying to get out of get us out of debt. Yeah. And that's where you guys yeah. need to be budgeting together. And him being on disability really doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, I kind of felt like she said that as a, well, he's on disability. He has this money. His money just goes towards that as though... It's not as big a part of it, but it is. If you're listening and you're a couple, you've got to combine your finances. Otherwise, you're just, you know, it makes it so much more difficult because I can tell in the way her voice, she feels like she's having to shoulder all of this. Mm. And Well, you live like roommates. Eventually, you're going to get that roommate resentment. 
Yeah, that's true. And so you got to act like married people. You can share a bed. You can share DNA. You can share a bank account. I, I promise know, that's you. That's right. When you, you can do it. When you say I do, it's not just I do to the, the easy stuff. It's I, it's I do to the challenges. And money can be a challenge until you really start understanding what you need to do until you get on the same page. But man, it's worth it. So true. Well, hang on the line, Amber. Austin's going to pick up. We're going to get you every dollar premium to help you get on track and get it from Notebook into the app where you guys can share this together. I love it. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm your host today, Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel, fellow Ramsey personality. And uh, George, you know, all the time we get folks sending us things and our DMs are like, hey, you got to see this, whether it's money related, whether it's just something outrageous. And you came across something here recently. Yes. I I usually, when 10 people send me something within like six hours, I'm like, we got, we got to talk about this. Apparently it's trending. I got to keep up with the times. And so thank you to all of you who follow us over at Jade Warshaw on Instagram, at George Camel with a K on Instagram. And usually people send me videos just to like rile me up. Yeah. But this one I thought was going to be a riler upper, and it was actually a funny parody video. Ah. But it perfectly sums up what people are seeing out there when it comes to financial advice on the internet. So I wanted to play it for you and get your reaction live. Okay, I haven't seen this one yet. So let's, let's, let's play it, James. The next time you're going to order Uber Eats, don't. Use that $20 to buy a Mercedes G-Wagon. Why? Because you can write it off as a business expense for the LLC that you registered earlier in the morning. <laughs> now you're gonna drive that G-Wagon for 24 hours for Uber Eats delivering food. And then you're gonna use that money that you just made to get an FHA loan that you can get a rental property with. Once you get the rental property, you're gonna rent out all the four units. You're gonna sleep in the bathroom. This way you don't have to pay rent. And you're gonna use what's called monthly recurring revenue. <laughs> That's passive income. Now, what you're going to do with that passive income is buy my course. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so finance gurus be like, is that how we sound? No, that's not what we sound like. It's what the opposite side those sounds Those people, like. those gurus. Yes. So let me just recap the what this guy mentioned. And it's he just riddled off all of the get rich quick crap Basically. that you guys hear on, on TikTok and Instagram. So he starts off talking about the Mercedes G-Wagon. Yes, Use that to drive uh, with your LLC. So make an LLC. Once you get the G-Wagon, it's a tax write-off. You hear those all the time. It's always an LLC. Then you drive for Uber Eats. Use that money to get a nothing down FHA loan, which you can use to buy a rental property. Then you house hack by having everyone else live in there. You live in the bathroom rent-free. And that's monthly recurring oh, revenue, gosh. MRR, as we call it in the biz. That's passive income, baby. And then you use that to buy the guy's course. And that perfectly wow. sums up how I feel wow. about all of these financial guru idiots out there pitching their schemes. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's the thing. If you, if you watch one of these Instagram or TikTok videos and you don't get it instantly, like to me, that's a red flag. Like finance, it's not mystical. It's not like this thing that you've got to be like super smart to understand. This stuff should be simple. 
like managing your finances, the concepts are actually very, very simple. So when I hear something like that, I'm like, what, why would you do that? Like, just, just be smarter, like be smarter than that. Here's my general mantra with financial advice on the internet. If it sounds sexy, run away. If it sounds like work, it's probably the right thing to do. You're on the right path. If it looks like hard work and it makes me go, oh gosh, you're right. Yeah. If it convicts you, if it gets you excited, that's a sign that you need to run. That's a red flag. <laughs> when they go, all right, first step to wealth, baby, get your Mercedes G-Wagon. I'm like, hey, all right, I'm picking up what he's putting down. What's next? Yeah. Get a rental property. Okay, that sounds slick. Yeah. You're making passive income now, Jade. It's so passive. You don't have to do anything. When I hear the words passive, look, when I hear the word passive income and quadplex, I, I'm done. I feel like I've heard the word quadplex far too many times. <laughs> I'm perplexed by all the plexes y'all are throwing out there. Oh my god! this is spot on. And so here's the thing. The best way to build wealth is by doing none of those things, and it's a lot of work. It's just getting out of debt, staying out of debt, investing for the future and things that have proven track records, and then just sleeping at night and going to a job you love. How's that for the American dream? Not using your G-Wagon as a tax write-off to fund the LLC, and then you borrow from your own self tax-free, Jade, because debt isn't taxable. That's why you got to leverage debt, right? That's what they all tell you. That's what they say. It's just, at the end of the day, it's get rich quick. And we don't preach any of that. We we understand and we know that it's a process. We know that when you uh, make the decision to handle your money well, when you put when you put good habits to use, it takes time. Building wealth takes time. I mean, look at your story. You you started out with what thirty forty thousand dollars forty in debt, grand in debt, paid it off, but you were able over the course of how many years? Ten I'm, years. Ten years to turn a negative net worth into a million dollar net worth, and it's none of the things. I know that was a parody, but it's none of the things that that guy was preaching. Well, what they preach is get rich fast, get out of debt slow, hang on to it as long as possible. Mm-hmm. We're preaching get out of debt fast, get rich slow. It's so countercultural that mm-hmm. it's now become controversial. Yeah, it, it requires a, a paradigm shift in your mind 100% because what we teach, it, it is not out there in culture. When I go on Instagram and, and the TikToks, there, everything is, you got to start investing now. Time's oh, money. Yeah. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this really the best? Uh, is this the best path that's going to get me there? The, the I want to say the fastest, but, you know, there's so much more to it. It's not just going fast and and wealth gained hastily will dwindle. That's, That's what right. I'm thinking about in my mind right now. Proverbs 13, 11, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will, will increase, increase it. it. That's timeless. Timeless. My timeless. man Solomon was doing Twitter before it was cool. Okay. I know. That's Speaking right. Speaking in tweets. All right. Let's take a call. Let's talk to Mike. He's in Columbus, Ohio. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Thanks so much for taking my call. Uh, my question is around um, buying a car. So my wife and I, we're on baby steps four, five, and six. We don't have any debt except our mortgage. We owe about 200 on our mortgage. And I really want a new car. The car is going to cost me about 40 k and I wanted to get it next year. But I'm conflicted. I keep going back and forth because it's like I can't justify paying that much for a car when I still have a mortgage. So my question is, should I pay the mortgage off? and then quickly ramp up the savings to get a new car, or should I just go ahead and get the car? What's your household income? Um, about 270 plus incentives can be up to about 30K. Way to go. That's very nice. So how quickly could we pay off this house, making 270 with no debt? So we did um, analysis. Uh, we did like three years. We can do it in like three years. Wow. I believe that, and I bet you could beat it. So here's the question. Can you wait 
two years to get this car, three years to get this car? I think I can. The car I'm driving now is a beater. Um, it's about 10 years old, but it's still running very, very well. Um, but I'm just, I keep getting embarrassed driving it, honestly. Um, Who are you so trying like, to impress, Mike? <laughs> you make 300000 yeah. you have any debt. I mean, let me ask yeah. this. Yeah. Do you have to go yeah. straight to the $40,000 car? Can you upgrade what you have now slightly and cash flow that and then save the big, you know, the big gift for after the mortgage is paid? Yeah, so I thought about that as well. But then it's like, if I want to get a car, I want to get something I really want. So I might as well just wait and just wait it out, you know? So it's either wait it out or just get the car. Here's the thing, Mike. I I mean, I've I've had the car for eight years, so it's like I can wait three more. Yeah, you're not violating any of the Ramsey principles. We're not mad at you. It's okay if you get the car. I'll tell you what I did. I dangled that mortgage in front of me until that was paid off to upgrade my little beater Honda Civic. And when I did it, it went from this I deserve mentality to I earned that. Let's celebrate. And so yeah. that's just how I'm wired. I'm wired where I need a goal in front of me. Otherwise, I get a little lazy. I get a lackadaisical. And so there's nothing wrong if you save up and pay cash for a $40,000 car making two seventy. There really isn't. Uh, okay. That, so okay. if, you, if you're right. itching for it, go for it. But don't regret it either and go, man, I hate myself now for doing that. I could have paid down the more. It's fine. When you move from baby step three to four, it's from intense to intentional. And some people go harder at the mortgage like I did. Some people go, all right, it's going to get paid off within two years anyways. So let's upgrade the car. And the rule of thumb there, with it, when it comes to vehicles, things with a motor in it, you don't want it to be any more than 50% of your annual income, things with a motor, because we know they go down in value. So with his case, I mean, he's got 270000 in income, which is amazing. So buying a $40,000 car, I mean, I don't know what his other cars are worth, but I'm sure, I'm sure he's within, within uh, reason the 50% here. 50% limit. That's funny. You got, you know, it's funny. You guys are definitely cut from the same cloth because I, if it were Jade, I'd be like, I'm just going to, you know, upgrade slightly if you're sick of driving a beater and then I'd probably go all in. But I mean, but it's kind of like baby step one. I kind of like the fire under me of hating this beater so much that it drives <laughs> me to pay off the mortgage faster. You get a mid-tier car that you're like, this is nice. That's and you true. you start going, eh, everything's fine. But it also matters how long it took you to pay off the debt. Oh, like it matters true. how long you were in the process before because some folks, by the time they pay off the debt, they're like, I need like something. I need to it's feel like I'm rewarded myself. Here's the thing, Jade. People call in and they're broke and they're like, I'm about to buy a $60,000 car. Mike's over here making three hundred dollars with no debt going, hey, can I buy a $40,000 car? I love it. Yet again, it boils down to when you do this stuff, guys, you have options. You get to ask fun questions like that. Can I buy a $40,000 car now? Or can I buy it later? This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I am your host, Ramsey personality, Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel. And uh, George, during the break, we had some lively discussion about, honestly, just the state of personal finance right now. Um all you, all you have to do is turn on the news for a second to hear inflation, all-time high, mortgage rates. You know, folks are going crazy. And, and it's just, here's the thing. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on with the economy. There's a lot going on with the government. Um, and you kind of just have to choose how it's going to affect you. And we did we did a segment a while back and we called it the perfect storm of stupid. <laughs> and I like that. And I think it's time to talk about it again, George, because we're seeing this and uh, the, the stats have come out a record. Sixty nine percent of the public 
at this time holds a negative view about the economy. So ask yourself whether you're driving in your car right now, you're watching on YouTube, is that you? Do you have a negative view of the economy right now? The stats tell us you probably do, both now and in the future. Because of headlines, exactly. Um, And only 24%, here's, we're just going to go through this and tell you guys, 24% are saying they don't feel like now is a good time to invest in stocks. Oh, they're saying now is a good time. Oh, they're saying now is a good time. 76% say it's not a good time. Yeah, they're wrong. They're wrong. Three out of four people are saying, don't invest right now. It's a bad time to invest. Which is really just the opposite because I'm like, no, when the when the market is down, that's when you want to invest. It's on sale. It's we on love a sale. sale. It's the it's kind of sale, sale I want to fall for. Yeah. And, you know, there's just so many things going on. Uh, it says many people aren't cutting their expenses and they're keeping their lifestyle the same, even though, like I said, you, ju- you can throw a rock and hit somebody who's going to complain about inflation. You know, you can throw a rock and hit somebody who's going to complain about mortgage prices, complain about the cost of a vehicle, complain about their wages, complain about. But at the same time, no one's doing anything to fix it, George. Well, they're they're cutting back on retirement. This is wild. Historically high inflation forced a quarter forced. I love that term. They were absolutely forced a quarter of Americans to slash their retirement savings and a full 12 percent to quit saving entirely over the last year. But on the other side, we also have record high credit card debt. Yep. We're seeing record numbers of HELOCs being taken out and and, and record numbers of buy now, pay later. When you say record, I, I want to hit this number, George, because when you say record, record numbers of credit card debt, I need you to understand it's almost a trillion with a T. That's a thousand billions. And a billion is a thousand millions, which means your brain just exploded with zeros. Yeah. That's just what happened right there. So what this is telling us, George, is people know there's a a problem. They feel there's a problem, but they're going to the wrong solution. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to stop borrowing credit card debt or, hey, I'm not going to take out any more, you know, any more of the equity on my home. Instead, they're doing things like pulling back on their investing, using their savings. You're you you feel that there's a problem, but you're using the wrong solution in order to solve it. So let's try to help these people and understand what you need to be doing. Well, there, there's a paradigm shift that has to happen first because we can tell people, hey, you should get out of debt. You should save for emergencies. That's mm-hmm. all good and well. But until you believe that there is hope for the future, until you believe that the American economy, economy will recover like it always has it always time has. and time again, then you're not going to do anything about it. When you listen to hope stealers and mm-hmm. you just become a victim, right? Mm-hmm. If inflation is the villain, then you're always going to be a victim. I love that. That's so true. I need, You need to say that again, George. These folks need to hear that again. If inflation is your villain, then you will always be a victim. Because guess what? Inflation ain't going anywhere. No. Nope. It's been here since the beginning of time. It's just a little There's higher. dinosaurs and inflation. Yep. So it's not going anywhere. It's been higher than it has been in the past. But if you are really, your life is out of control because inflation is up 4% higher than it has been, then you are already screwed financially. That's right. That's such a good point. You know, I, I'm not going to sit back here and, and act like these, these things that are taking place aren't real. Yes, like people are feeling the pinch of inflation. That's a real thing. People are feeling like they can't spend their money as willy-nilly as they once did because that is the fact. Like there is a pinch going on right now. But I think like you, the point you made, George, is true. These things, they, hype, they happen in cycles, right? There, there's always times when the market is down. It always rebounds back up. But you've got to understand that that's just part of this thing. And if you are going to continually take those reasons and say, this is the reason that I can't uh, get out of debt. This is the reason that I've got to, you know, use credit cards to get by, or this is the, then you're just, those reasons are just turning into excuses for you. 
Because at some point you've got to make that transition and go, okay, what can I personally do? Because I, I'm the type of person, whatever it is that you're whining and, and complaining about, there's probably something that you can do personally to change it for the better. Instead of waiting for some external factor to come in, whether it be the government or whether it be for your job to give you a raise, because they may not give you a raise. You're telling me the boss and the government aren't going to change my life? Come on, Jade. Here's the thing. The people who are complaining, <laughs> these are the same people who fall into these stats. Americans spent 20.7% more at restaurants than they spent on groceries in 2022. Now, there it is. Wait a second. Hold on. So we're all struggling, and so we're going to go eat out because that's the solution. Well, George. To our spending problem. You know, it's cheaper to eat. I got to say this in a, in a voice. George, it's cheaper to eat in a restaurant. My time is worth more than that. I can't be at home making food. My time is more valuable than that. They just put the YouTube sound effect on. That is every YouTube commenter, every TikToker out there. And then, Jade, on travel, right? Revenge travels back. Delta reported record advanced bookings for summer travel, despite industry-wide inflation and fares. So air wow. travel is the most expensive it's been in a long time. And we're all out there going, we're, we're going to book this thing six months out on the credit card because we, we're going to get the points. We're going to use the points. We're going to hack the system. Bro, the system is hacking you. It's hacking You're you. You're the hack. Yeah. This is, this is like an intellectual inconsistency because on this side, you're you're saying, oh, it's a problem. This is not fair. Da, 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 da. And, but then over there, it's like, yeah, but it must not be that much of a problem because I'm still going to restaurants. I'm still going on a trip to Hawaii and I'm still going to take out a car note for $717 because that's the price of the average Ugh. car note right now. And then let's talk about the economy, Jade, because this is the true fear. But I have some perspective to share that I think will make everyone feel better. Yeah, these are real numbers. In the last 40 years, the S&P 500, which is the index that is used yes. to really track the stock market in the U.S., in the last 40 years, the S&P 500 was up 32 of those 40 years. That's right. And get this, 22 of those years, there was a return greater than 12%. Wow. Everyone out there is going, you, you mean you're making 12? Well, dude, you're looking at your 401k in the last year or two. Mm -hmm. Have some perspective. The S&P 500 was up over 12% for 22 out of the last 40 years. I'm not betting against the American economy, and I don't think you should either. And when you look at it, the years that it was down, the next year, it's rebounded right back up. So when it's down, you're buying on sale. When it's up, you are making some sweet coin. Yeah. And that's how you build wealth. You just leave it. Don't touch it. Don't pull it out because you're scared, because you saw a headline. Uh, and especially don't turn to buy now, pay later and HELOCs oh, as some please. kind of solution to please. all your problems. Please, please. I, I feel Ugh. like we need to give these people what the true solution is. Because, George, you and yeah. I know it. You know, like I said, you guys feel that there's a problem. And you're right. There is a problem. But the solution is not borrowing more money. You cannot borrow your way out of debt. You cannot borrow your way out of financial strain. You've got to actually draw a line in the sand. You've got to stop borrowing money. And uh, if you didn't hear... We just announced something that's very, very, very excited. Um, me, uh, all the other personalities, George included, Rachel Cruz, Ken Coleman, uh, John Deloney, all of us are excited about this thing that we're doing, guys. We are hosting Financial Peace University. All of us. We're all doing our own class and we want you to join because we understand how this can affect your life. Um, I got to do this last month with a group of folks and George, the average turnaround was $10,000 in five weeks. In debt paid off and dollars saved. Yes. Five oh, weeks, yes. 10 grand. 10 grand per, per household. Wow. Five weeks. Now think about that. Think about how that would change your life. If you weren't worried about inflation because oh, you had man. a $10,000 turnaround, you see the debt going away. You see the savings build up and you go, 
I'm less worried about the headlines because that's not what changes my life. I mean, this financial peace class, if you're listening, we will you know, give you the link. That it's also on the YouTube page. My class starts May 8th. George, yours starts June 20th. And you can go online uh, and sign up, fpu.com. Check it out. Sign up today, guys. This is what helped us get out. This is what helped my husband and I pay off almost half a million of debt. This is what helped George pay off over 30000 of debt. This is the plan and the plan works. Sign up today. This is your way out. Don't be complaining anymore because we just gave you the solution. You're not going to have an excuse after you go through our FBU class. This is the game right here. It's your chance to sign up. Uh, Head over to the website now and do that. Financialpeace.com. This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshaw, your host today. I am joined by fellow Ramsey personality, George Camel, and we are taking your calls. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And I've got William in Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. ATL, what's going on, William? Hey, good afternoon, guys. I just want to start off by thanking you guys for what the entire Ramsey team does. I mean, when I look at where my wife and I are financially at 25 compared to our peers or even those approaching retirement it brings us an incredible level uh level of peace knowing where we are so thank you guys thank Um, you so i i i I trust the ramsey team so that is why i have a question about our hoa my wife and i just purchased our first property and it is a high-rise condo that we will use as a rental property when we pay it off you know, it's in a fantastic location. The amenities are top-notch, you know, gym, pool, movie theaters, great staff. It's clean. Um, but one of the things that I don't hear often when HOAs are discussed on, on the show or in the comments on YouTube is, you know, the, the, the HOA can kind of help control the type of people you're living with, which tend to be, you know, high-functioning, high-performing professionals, which matters to me. So, so that is why I was able to rationalize getting into an HOA, but I also recognize being in my mid-20s, having zero life experience in the real estate space and no wisdom in real estate. But um, what I I had just laid out made sense to me. And we pay $650 a month, uh, but we're only a couple months in. We just purchased. And seeing a recent conversation Dave had with a caller um, being in in, in, uh, in an HOA made me think we may have stepped into something we should not have. Um, So... We can afford the HOA. We've studied the financials and everything checks out, but I'm just kind of wondering what, what, what could I be missing here? What are the dangers that I'm not uh, thinking about? Well, what's your mortgage payment with all of the property taxes, homeowners insurance, everything included, interest? Yeah, 2500 $2, bucks, And then plus the six fifty, And that puts us yes, at thirty one fifty a month all in? Yes, sir. And then what's your after-tax monthly income? Um, after tax monthly income, we're right around twelve thousand. So then, what you tell me then? What's your hesitation on this? Because we tell folks, you know, when you're purchasing a mortgage, you don't want it all in. Talking about taxes, fees, HOA payment, you don't want it to be more than twenty five percent of your take home, and you're under that. You're, so you're right at twenty six. So you're pretty much spot on. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're good in that. I'm comfortable with that. It's more so. Just hearing that uh, that conversation uh, the other day made me question whether or not there may be something that I'm missing being in an HOA. For example, uh, 
you know, an unexpected uh, cost comes up where they're going to force us to, to pay no, that a, can a, a certain amount of money. Yeah, everyone goes, yeah. all right, we all got to chip in 10 grand to cover this. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's a part of being a part of an HOA. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the fee can go up. Um, absolutely. So there is some risk there. Um, is there anything else? I mean, at, at this point, I guess my question is, is it enough that it would make you move on because you're in the condo now? Right. No, it, it's not. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's fine. We can afford it. And, and we're, we're, we just got into our uh, professional career. So our, our professional income is only going to grow from here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm, I'm not too worried about the HOA going up. I'm just, I'm, I'm more so uh, wondering what other potential dangers there are being in an HOA or being a homeowner in an HOA that I may not have considered i would i wouldn't call it dangers it's just more the annoyances of like all right we got to follow the hoa rules if they say we can't paint the door red we can't paint the door red and so you know there's all the kind of uh the parks and rec level pettiness that goes along with hoas and the meetings and the frustrations but i've had an hoa on every single home i've owned same and honestly william the way sam and i have tackled that is usually sam becomes part of the hoa he tries to get on the board so that he can have kind of a control a little bit of a say in what's going on and kind of see what's going on um sooner than the other members might know what's going on so i feel like if it's something like that you might want to see if you can get involved in it but i'm like george i don't i wouldn't say it's a danger just know that it's a variable cost and it has the ability to change over time as do you know your your taxes could change over time you know there's there's things that can change when it comes to a mortgage so that's why we teach it the way we do because we want to make sure that you do have plenty of margin if something like that were to take place um but very very good question um i like that if you're if you're worried about it get involved with it yeah and it sounds like william's about to be the newest member of the hoa very excited <laughs> he, for him he seems like he would make a good a good hoa but member. it feels like like presidency you can only last a, a certain number of years in the hoa before you're like all right i'm out guys i did my part well as long as you do a good job if you do a good job you can stick around for a while but i'll tell you the houses we've moved in the hoa man sometimes it's like y'all aren't doing anything we're just giving you our money and, and a lot of times you come in and there's just a giant pool of money they're not doing what they should be with it i'm like can y'all replace the sign in the front can we get some new trees planted here can yes. we rip you know and it, sometimes it is a good idea to get involved with your hoa because you can have a say so in things you can get the ball rolling on things and make sure that your money is being spent the way at least you want it to be spent and you can convince others it's like uh, congress that as well. but you have a little more involvement <laughs> That's you know right. i don't agree with how they spend but i can raise my voice and say i don't like it <laughs> well guys um if you're a new listener and you want to dive deeper into the ramsey baby steps we want you to go to ramseysolutions.com and click the get started button uh probably today you've heard george and i talk about all sorts of things we talk the lingo around here we're talking about baby steps we're talking about different rules and it's kind of a ramsey thing and we don't want you to miss out so go to RamseySolutions.com and click that get started button we'll help you figure out the next best step for you on your financial journey based on exactly where you're at today so that's RamseySolutions.com slash get started and as always we love that you guys listen to the show we're here because y'all are here we wouldn't have a show if you didn't listen so we're extremely grateful that you guys tune in day after day whether it be podcast youtube whatever it is but hey we want you to share the show we want you to tell other folks about this if it's helped you if you enjoy it, or maybe you just find it entertaining, just click the like button, click the share button on whatever platform that you're listening. Uh, we would really, really appreciate that. So let's take another call real quick. We got Neil from St. Louis, Missouri. What's going on, Neil? 
Hey, um, I have a question. I was uh, wondering about getting a HELOC loan on my house. No. Uh, for a home addition. No. <laughs> Why do you? What's this addition? All right. So I have a house I bought for 130000 Uh Really good, you know, interest rate, whatever. Uh, I got five kids and a sixth one on the way. Woo! 1,200 square foot. So I figured spend another 50, 60 grand uh, would be cheaper than going to buy like a $300,000 house, you know? So, so you're going to basically build a mini house on top of your house for 50 grand. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I got a lot. I'm a contractor, so I can do a lot of work myself. So oh. it cost me like 50, 60 grand to uh, hire out like the stuff I can't do, like foundation and stuff. Do you have any debt? But, uh, um, I think, yeah, I got, uh, just my home. And then, uh, since I have so many kids so fast, I, I bought a big van for 25,000. I got a loan on that, but I, I kind of, I have cash sitting there where I could pay it off. I just, have how much there. cash do you have in yeah. the bank? Um, I got like what, 30 grand in my bank and then, Ooh. uh, like 40 grand in investments. Are these non-retirement? Yeah, just general mutual funds. Okay. And then uh, cash in the bank for just like kind of on the side for business and payroll. I always like to have a big chunk just have for a couple months of payroll and stuff. Okay. Um, so here's an idea. I, I don't think you're going to do it, but I'll tell you what I would do if I was in your shoes, which is how we answer calls on this show. I would take that 70 grand. I would use a portion of it to pay off the van. I would then set up your fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. And then once I have the money beyond that to cash flow the renovation on the house, I would then do it. But I would not take a HELOC, putting your home at risk, paying stupid interest and setting you uh, backwards financially. That's true. And in the money that you have set aside, I agree with George wholeheartedly. The money that you have set aside that you said was maybe for payroll and business type expenses, I just want to make sure that you are managing that money properly and that you're keeping it separate from your personal money. And just know yeah. that whatever money that you pull extra from that, you're going to have to pay payroll taxes on it. So just understand what that's going to look like. And it's going to be a, a pretty penny of that because, you know, Uncle Sam. Oh, yeah. And be, make sure beware he gets of his the, uh, the old capital gains on those investments as you pull them out. That's right. And but, definitely no non-retirement investments. But only. investing my reserves feels like a terrible idea because if the market goes down, I'm screwed. That's dangerous. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. You want to have that cash on hand. Well, guys, that does it for today's show. Hey, be sure to join us next time. And until then, remember... You can tell me you won't do it, but please do not tell me that you can't. With God, all things are possible. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.